This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello there, Internet. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead podcast number 271, recorded on the evening of Monday, May the 30th, 2016. May the 30th, all freaking ready. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just, it's almost June, man. That means summer is here. School's going to be over soon, and we're all going to be uh, enjoying the nice warm weather and having having a good time. There's freaking leaves on trees up here now. <laughs> yeah, well, it's crazy. There has been for a little while. I mean, I know, not... but they all happened all at once. Like there was no leaves, and then you turned around and left the house the next day. Next day, and then you look at the trees, and they all have leaves. It's, it's true. It's it's a little bit crazy, but I'm liking it. It's been really hot the last few days, um, but I, I'm not. I can't complain. No, it's nice. Cannot complain. So it's the first week in a long time, Jason, where there hasn't been a new episode of either Walking Dead show to talk about. So what are we doing here, you may ask? I don't know. Nobody tells me anything. <laughs> I just sit down, start talking. I, yeah, I sit down, the internet tells me that I should start recording, and here we go. Well, we are here for a reason. We have a few things to do today. We are going to read some more listener feedback. Uh, because we get so much beautiful feedback from all our wonderful listeners, I do want to read it. We are going to look at the ratings real quick for the uh, mid-season finale of Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, good. We are also, towards the end of the show, going to talk about a different TV show briefly, and that is AMC's new show, Preacher. Mm-hmm. I just thought we'd talk about that uh briefly at the end not do like a full breakdown or recap or anything but could be fun to talk about but first and really the main reason we are here is is this and it's that the podcast awards voting has now begun and we didn't want to let two weeks go by without reminding everyone to vote it is time to vote it sure is so we are up for a podcast award in the tv and film category we were up for it last year but we lost out to uh, another fine podcast. So we're giving it the old college try again, and we're hoping that all of you fantastic listeners can help us out by submitting a vote once a day between now uh, and whenever voting closes in a couple of weeks. And uh, you do that by going to podcastawards.com, checking us or clicking us in the TV and film category, then you have to enter your name and email address and submit the vote. Unfortunately, you're not done at that point. What should happen is you should receive an email with a link to verify your vote. They've implemented a lot of um, sort of vote tampering, anti-vote tampering measures this year. They don't want people submitting fake votes or fake email addresses or anything like that. So it is important that you receive that email and click on the link to verify your vote. Now, that... um, can go into your spam folder. So if you don't see that verification email, please double check your spam um, and see if it's in there and then, uh, you know, click the link from there. Otherwise, you can go and do that every day. It's Eastern time, sort of midnight to midnight. And if you do that every day, you can submit one vote for day per day. And we really, really super appreciate it. We, yeah. And essentially, especially since it's such a colossal process, that you have to go through, entering, uh, going to the site, entering your name and email, verifying it, and then mm-hmm. uh, having to do that every day. It just, it seems like they should have voting once 
per well, email address? Yeah, we're not really here to debate that, but you you could be right. But it's it's always been this way. They've always done daily voting, and I believe they've always had problems with people like ballot stuffing and things like that. Um, well, well, that's why we didn't win last year, I guess. Well, I there's, there's no other explanation, I suppose. Yeah, no, that's not true. Whoever the the guy who won last year, Rob <laughs> Sesternino, totally deserving and absolutely. Um, I absolutely support that guy. He does a great job, but you know what? Still, I want to win. So let's see what we can do here this year. Um, I think we've got the best listeners on the internet and I know you guys are going to go out and, uh, help us and support us this way. And by submitting a vote, I sent out a tweet last night, got some response. I sent, I put a, a notice on our Facebook page, uh, the other day. I know there's some response to that. So podcastawards.com. TV and film category, the Talking Dead podcast is what we're listed. And then make sure you click on that vote ver- verification link when you get it. Every time you vote, a kitten purrs. That's right. Uh, a kitten gets its wings. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, an angel when a bell rings, Chris. Just, uh, you know. When you vote, a kitten purrs. And it's just, it's, so, it's such a happy sound. You want to have the kittens purr, don't you? You do. And if you happen to hate cats, well, whatever you love. Kittens. Does something you like. Nobody hates kittens. <laughs> not many. Um, if for whatever reason you don't receive that email, it's not in your spam, you don't get it in your inbox, um, and you're sure you put in your email address correctly, uh, you know, reach out. Reach out to the Podcast Awards people. Send them a tweet um, at Podcast Awards, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the hashtag they're using is PCA16. So send them. Let them know. I mean, they're they've been pretty responsive. They want to know if something isn't working or if, or, or if it doesn't seem like it's working for you. So, um, you know, I know this sounds like a lot, but, uh, hopefully you guys don't mind doing that. Uh, just sending a, sending a, uh, a vote our way for the next uh, bunch of days. And, and all the info of course is available at podcastawards.com, including when voting ends. So check it out. And we thank you so much for helping out. It's, it's not hard. I just voted. It didn't take long. That's good. That's good. I'm glad you did. You got to vote every day too, Jason. I do. Excellent. Every single day. It's the first thing I do in the morning, except for today that I waited to do it on the air. There you go. See, that's, that's cool. Okay. Um, we'll probably remind you again at the end of this podcast. So wait for that. <laughs> uh, but let's look at the ratings. So we looked at the ratings for every episode of Fear the Walking Dead that we've had so far in season two. Um, just a quick recap. Season one was over six and a half million people. It kind of went down from there and, um, leveled out around the four to four and a half or or actually four and a half to five. It never hit five, but it was in that four range, four million people range. Season two, episode seven came in at 4.39 million people, Hmm. which... By my calculations, is the lowest total for the first seven episodes. Wow. Which surprises me a little bit. I thought it would go up. I think often, you know, season premieres, mid-season premieres, and season finales uh, tend to be up a little bit because there's a little bit more hype, there's a little bit more publicity maybe, and you end up with more viewers. But in this case, 4.39 season, uh, I mean, episode six was 4.49 and now we're down to 0.39. So I'm not going to say that's a bad sign, but it, I think it's a little unusual. And I wonder if AMC is wondering like, what the hell? Well, I don't know. They, well, I'm wondering what the hell. 
me too, to be honest. It's, it's, it's strange to see that go down like that. So, um, I don't think season or episode seven was a fantastic episode, but just by virtue of it being the mid season finale, you'd think that the ratings would be up a little bit. So a little curious. It is, uh, it is a, a little curious, and I don't know what's uh, what's going on, but hopefully uh, now that we're on a bit of a hiatus, and they're going to come back probably mid-August, you think? Mid to late August? Yeah, yeah, they announced the date for that. Oh, okay, um, good. It is mid-August. I, mean, I just don't remember what day it is, but it's. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and say it's about eight weeks before the main show is scheduled to come back in October. <laughs> <laughs> because very good yeah they're they're going to run this straight through into uh into the main show it's august 21st it looks oh like. great that's uh that's three days after uh, my baby's due it's <laughs> perfect timing because i'll you know i'll be off work and uh, have lots of time to myself <laughs> that's right you will be off work but you probably won't have a lot of time to yourself so and... yeah if i watch it i'll uh, try and remember it for when we do the podcast <laughs> So what what are we gonna do? What if if your your baby's born and you're just sleep deprived and you don't want a podcast and and I mean I wouldn't blame you. Am I gonna have to do this by myself? I have no idea and I doubt it. Okay, something will happen. I mean so, they gotta sleep sometime, right? Meaning my wife and the baby. Oh yeah, they 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 do sleep at some point, but uh, it, the schedule's all over the place, my friend. Yeah, well we'll see. All right, we'll figure that out. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I guess. Yes, we will. Uh, but the most important thing is your baby will have been born and that's super exciting. It will be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, all right, let's move right along and do some of this. Listener feedback. All right, Jason, a bunch of random listener feedback today. Well, I wouldn't say it's totally random. It's mostly about the, uh, season, mid season finale. Cool. Um, and our first message here comes from Scott in silly England. Silly England. <laughs> That's exactly. It is the land of the Ministry of Silly Walks. It, it is. So, I mean, what else? Where else would you call something silly? In it, exactly. But in England. Yeah. Scott writes, was listening to the last episode and completely agree with your talk on the fire and how it suddenly becomes an inferno. Sometimes these little inconsistencies bug me too. But then I remember it's TV and who wants to watch a fire slowly get out of control? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know? Well, I don't know. There was, uh, did you, God, I wish I knew what the video was. There was a, a guy in Japan who uh, live streamed his house burning down. Not on purpose. He was doing something. He was talking on the internet to somebody and he did something that started a little tiny fire and he didn't have time to shut off his video camera. So he basically uh, live streamed the fire growing larger and larger and larger and larger and, larger and end, ended up burning his whole house down. So, so lots of people watched it. Like people were, you can go on YouTube and probably watch the whole 40 minutes of it or whatever the hell it is. So uh, lots of people do want to watch a slowly a fire building. Well, that's tragic. And it is. The guy got out. Everything was fine. Like he, well, that's good. nobody got hurt as far as I know, but uh, yeah, the whole thing was caught on camera. Well, speaking of, of tragic, I mean, a lot of people may know uh, about the giant wildfire that was happening in Fort McMurray, Alberta yeah. in the last couple of months. Um, the, the fire has moved on. It is threatening other parts of the province right now, but it essentially demolished, um, a, a good percentage of Fort McMurray, the city, um, which is, which is crazy. But 
That reminds me of a video that I watched of that too. Some guy had a security camera in his house oh, yeah. that was streaming to the internet and he could basically, he watched his house burn down on his security camera until the internet cut out, which was surprisingly deep into the fire, yeah. I thought. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you have to get to the, uh, uh, well, the camera still works and if there's electricity, I guess that's the whole thing, right? So it depends on how the fire is building. Some cameras might even have battery backup power, right? It's yeah. it's In this case, it was... Uh, yeah, I guess it went until the electricity went or until like just the internet cut out for whatever reason. But um, so sad and tragic. Yeah. To be, I mean, losing your house and your, your half your city is, is, is one thing, but to have, being able to sit there on the internet and watch it happen and being able to do absolutely nothing about it is just yeah. terrible. Yeah. I used to live in Fort McMurray. I know a long time ago, didn't you? Back in 1982 to 86. Yeah, we lived in Alberta when I was a kid. I was in grade four. That's that's pretty long ago. But... The whole time. <laughs> it was four, five, six. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, the, I, I knew that. And that's kind of the one of the first things I thought of when, when we heard about the town sort of being on fire. But um, just unbelievable what, yeah. what happened up there to think that a, a, a raging giant forest fire can just come through and, and just demolish a city. You know, not the whole thing is gone and people are being let back in or sort of returning now to to their homes if they have homes anymore but uh anyways that guy got to watch his house burn down on the internet which i'm sure didn't make anyone very happy yeah no kidding it's crazy so um anyhow uh scott goes on and writes also the other thing i noticed was that you mentioned you see carl's mom get shot but no body uh but you don't pretty certain you only hear the gunshot as maggie is taking judith out but you do see no body. So this is in relation to us talking about Daniel and how he um, may or may not be dead because we don't see him die. And also Celia, who we don't really see die. They're just in the zombie room, but maybe they escaped. They're dead. Well, I think so too. Um, but I want to, I wanted to go back and just refresh my memory on the whole, uh, uh, Carl's mom. What's her name? Lori getting shot. Right. Yep. And you actually don't see Carl shoot her in the head. The camera focuses on Maggie holding Judith as she's walking away and you hear the gunshot. This was in season three, episode four, in case anyone wants to check it out, but um, you don't. And now that's not to mention any of the massive Lori's body controversy that we've talked about ad nauseum on, on so, this podcast. So she might still be alive. <laughs> I mean, it is technically possible. You could have her come back and be alive. I mean, sure. She's on that whole other show. Uh, a colony now, right? Uh, the actress is on that other show, but that doesn't mean anything. I mean, she might come back. Well, yes, that's the thing. I mean, you didn't see the body, you heard the gunshot, and then her body disappeared. Uh, we don't need to get into that right now, but uh, if we're gonna say that you know, no one's dead, no one's really dead unless you see the body, technically, Lori had no body, yeah. And I, I've, I've heard that uh, you're not dead until you're warm and dead, like if you uh. Drown in freezing water underneath the ice. Uh -huh. There is a small chance, just a small, tiny chance that you could survive. <laughs> because it has happened mainly with kids uh, for some reason. If kids drown in uh, underneath the ice, uh, they they tend to come back a little more frequently, like a, like point zero one percent kind of thing. But the the rule of thumb is you're not dead until you're warm and dead. And, and is that because somehow you're you're cold and therefore preserved? Yes. Oh, God. Well, your, your body temperature goes down and you don't need as much oxygen. Right. So you can, you can 
technically survive a little longer without oxygen if you're cold. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we're talking about a lot of bummer stuff this episode so far, <laughs> yes, man. We are. <laughs> uh, anyways, the point is, even though I believe that uh, Daniel and Celia are dead, I don't think that necessarily they w- they will be on the show. Um, but we'll find out the second half of this season, I guess. Yes, we will. Heather, or maybe not. Might yeah. be four seasons now from from now that we that Daniel comes back. You never know. I didn't die. <laughs> I've been hanging out down there this whole time. I crawled into a barrel. Everything's fine. So Heather in Kansas City, Missouri writes regarding what they were making. Speaking of barrels, actually down yep. there, she writes. My first thought was wine too, but then it occurred to me that they could very well have been growing agave and making tequila and aging it in barrels. Tequila is certainly very flammable, and such a large amount would cause a massive fire very quickly. Tequila is made in large steel vats and pressure cookers, and aging tequila is done in big wooden barrels. Oh, so they're making tequila, because that explains the uh, the big uh, the metal vats that uh, uh, where Danny was tied up. That's right. That's right. Oh, they're making tequila. Well, that makes perfect sense. Now, does tequila, will tequila feed a fire that much faster than, than say, uh, wine or empty yeah. wooden barrels? Oh, well, if tequila burns, then absolutely. Okay. It's like a friggin' uh, room full of gasoline. <laughs> yeah, that happens to be delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dangerously delicious. Dangerously delicious. Don't drink the gasoline, drink the tequila. Yeah. I like tequila a little too much, I think. <laughs> well, for a guy who doesn't really drink, that's saying something. Yeah, well, I save it for a special occasion. Every time that I uh, I used to drink tequila, uh, it always got weird. <laughs> Things got weird, and usually my clothes came off. <laughs> well, not always, but we'll Once save those while. stories for shit Jason did in the 90s. They usually involve tequila. How? <laughs> we have to incorporate that somehow. We'll, we'll think about it. Um, okay, Brett on Facebook has one more option for what was in those barrels, Jason, and here we go. Brett writes, I think the vats in the basement were olive oil. I heard somewhere in the episode that olive oil was mentioned, which would explain how the fire took off, as olive oil is also very flammable. Olive oil is flammable? Well, I guess. I mean, you, I don't know. You cook with it, but it doesn't really light into flame, right? So I don't know. Well, vegetable oil will catch on fire. Mm -hmm. Like that's if you're using vegetable oil for deep frying. Right. Right, and uh, so, you don't, and you have a, a gas stove. You're just asking for trouble if you do that. So maybe olive oil is flammable. I'm gonna go try and burn some olive oil, right. just a little bit under controlled con- conditions. Sure, but I might try it. Okay. Well, either way, I mean, if you have giant v- barrels full of olive oil, and it's flammable, maybe that would help too. I know I, coffee made is flammable. I, I it's basically a, a powdered uh, a petroleum product. You throw that stuff up in the air and you let it on fire, it'll explode. Coffee there's mate? A whole, yeah, there's a whole myth. There's a whole Mythbusters uh, thing on Coffee Mate where they blow it out of an air cannon and light it on fire and it's a huge fireball. That doesn't sound safe. Oh, well, no, of course not. It's flammable. <laughs> yeah, people drink it constantly. Well, I mean, we've got so many flammable things in our lives. Our houses are, uh, you know, chock full of wood. We drive around in... Uh, Vehicles full of gasoline that are made to contain little tiny explosions, mm-hmm. which is just crazy. It is it's, a combustible engine, after all. Yeah, we have furnaces or, with uh, flammable gas coming into our houses and going on fire. Our, our <laughs> cupboards are full of flammable items. It's amazing I'm we su- all haven't burned down. I'm surprised we're not all dead. 
I'm surprised I'm not on fire right now. Yeah, and what's always really surprised me is uh, water. <laughs> oh, water burns. Well, you'd uh, you'd think because uh, it's made of hydrogen, uh-huh. which oxygen. is oxygen. It's explosive, yep. and oxygen that supports combustion. Why doesn't the whole planet blow up? Well, I'm sure there's a good reason for it. Yeah, <laughs> chemistry. I feel bad about about laughing about fires though after what we just talked about. So yeah, this is a messed up episode. I don't want to do it anymore. Let's move on to Alan in Kittering, Northants, England, the world, the galaxy, the universe. I should mention that when you write in and you let us know where you're from, which is, um, in my opinion, a necessity, right. uh, I, I do love it when people do that. Tell us your name and where you're from. I tend to read it as you write it. So if Alan is from Kettering, Northants, England, the world, the galaxy, the universe, that's where he's from. Totally. So uh, that's what it is. Sort of like Ron Burgundy. You'll read whatever is on the prompter. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> Alan writes, regarding Daniel, if you remember in season one, he talks about the villagers that were taken away and they never came back until he saw them floating in the river. I think that what he left out is that he was made to shoot them all as a child. I think he was recruited into the army, whichever one it may be, uh, a lot like children are in places like Uganda, which is where uh, he learned to torture. In my opinion, the people he was seeing in the basement were those he was made to kill in the river. He is seeing the walkers as demons, and these people are his demons, and the fire he sets is his way of setting them free, releasing his demons, so to speak. Huh. So we were wondering about, are those the people he killed? Are those sort of what the people looked like who were the actual zombies? Um, I'm with Alan. I think those are the people he killed. Those are the people that are haunting him. Yes. Right? Yeah, I so. would, I would, yeah, I agree with that. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, Lee in England writes, if Daniel died in the fire, I think that's a terrible waste of a unique and interesting character who had real insight into the dark side of human nature. I completely agree with you that he caught the train to crazy town far too quickly until last week. There was no sign of him unraveling at all. And that was only one phantom voice. And now he set himself on fire. I don't buy it. From what we know about Daniel, he's the most suitable character to survive in this sort of world. So we lost him too early. If he's dead. Well, and this makes me think that, you know, maybe he really isn't dead. Um, and uh, one other, oh, and it's actually in the next email, so I'll read that in a second. But yeah, I mean, are the showrunners really going to, and the writers really going to do something like this where they just, they drop in this backstory for Daniel, give him all of this mental anguish and torment and so on, immediately just to kill him off. And when I start thinking about that, I think, well, they probably wouldn't do that. They're going to, they're going to play this out for a while, or even if they don't, he's going to come back and he's going to be healed somewhat, right? This was his, this was his way of healing himself. And as, as, uh, Alan said a minute ago, setting his demons free. So on one hand, you know, I can see him not being dead because there's more story for him to tell. And he just had to get through this phase of his kind of, you know, healing or recovery. But it sure looked like he was going to die in that fire. It it sure did. And I think it's kind of sad, too, because uh, I was starting to really like the Daniel character. And it's uh, like you were talking about in the last episode, his uh, descent into madness uh, seemed to happen pretty abruptly. It so did. maybe uh, he went to crazy town We for a while. Rick went to crazy town. He came back. Everything's mm -hmm. fine now. Mm -hmm. 
uh, you know, homicidal mania a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, so maybe Daniel is going into crazy town and uh, he burned down crazy town and now he's going to leave. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Rick, Rick teeters on the line a lot. I'll, I'll yeah. be honest with you, I think. Um, but he does come back from it. And he has his own way of doing that. So maybe Daniel does too. He, like you said, burned down crazy town and now he's going to be back in, uh, sane land. <laughs> that's right. Fireproof sane land. <laughs> Fireproof sane land. That's right. Um, so our next email is Tom in Delaware, Ohio. And Tom says, Daniel isn't dead. He's hiding under a dumpster. <laughs> there was no body. Sorry. So he didn't die. Furthermore, Gail Ann Hurd said the writers aren't looking at him as though he died, and he didn't appear in the In Memoriam section on AMC's Talking Dead After Show. Somehow he made it under the magic dumpster, I'm sure of it. Oh, shit. We didn't even consider this. Well, I didn't know. I didn't watch Talking Dead After. I do occasionally, but not all the time. So I didn't know he wasn't in that In Memoriam. But if that's the case, um, well, again, one of a couple things are happening. One, he's just not dead. And... It's just, it was ambiguous on the show, but the, the Dave Erickson and the writers have a plan and he's not dead and he's going to come back and either it's going to be a bit of a surprise or um, they just didn't consider the fact that anyone would even think that he died in that for some reason. Yeah. Or they're pulling a Glenn and uh, put him in a situation where it seems like he is virtually impossible to survive, yet he does somehow. I don't know if they can pull a Glenn, but I guess it, it all depends on when this was filmed versus when the Glenn debacle aired. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So if this was filmed around the time that that aired, they wouldn't have realized that they can't pull this shit anymore. And it's too late now. We got to pull the trigger on this thing because we didn't, uh, we don't have a choice. It's already mm -hmm. in the can. It's part of the storyline. It's part of canon. We have to get it out. Mm -hmm. uh, but if this was filmed after the whole Glenn thing, you think they would uh, have learned from that thing, that that uh, debacle? Well, you hope so. I mean, if there's one thing you want in a TV show, I know production schedules are long and they do things way before they have time to analyze fan reaction of something, right? And And you don't, I've said this before, I think you don't want fan reaction to influence you too much because you are trying to tell a story as an artist, you're trying to do it in the way you want to do it, and hopefully you have a method to your madness, and um, and you have a story you want to tell. And if someone doesn't like that story, it shouldn't change the art that you're trying to make um, necessarily. That being said, this is TV and things change, and if people hate your TV show, you might have to make modifications or you're not going to have people watching your TV show. Yep. So in this case, I can kind of see both sides. Um, but I hope they don't, you know, if they saw the Glenn thing, you know, what I would hope they'd learn from that is not that they need to tell their story differently, but how they need to handle sort of the publicity of it. And that's what they could learn from. And maybe in this case they did because they're not, they haven't said anything. They did, you know, uh, I mean, unless Gail Ann Hurd did said something, Tom says that she said the writers aren't looking at him as though he died, What whatever that means, you know, you'd think, you'd think they would know. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a producer saying to me, like it's something a producer would say. Oh, we're not thinking about it as if they're dead. 
Well, what, that, 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 you're not saying anything, Gail. You're not really thinking about it, apparently, yeah. Those so. are all words, I agree, but they don't mean anything when you put them together like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, I, I don't feel that this is nearly as bad as the Glenn thing because, you know, I can probably come up with a number of scenarios in which Daniel survives that fire, right? Well, he crawls into a barrel of tequila, has to drink his body weight in tequila in order to make room. Pretty sure he'd die if he did that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's an option. I mean, it's as, you know, as clean cut as uh, crawling under a dumpster. The problem with the Glenn thing is I, I couldn't really imagine a scenario where Glenn lived. And even the one we got on the show, I don't really buy. Um, But that's, you know, water under the bridge at this point, I guess. Uh, with Daniel, though, I mean, he could have just turned around and ran out. That would have, that'd be a completely valid um, escape plan, right? Even yeah. though that fire took off really quick, he would have had time to escape. So we will see. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, Tom continued his email, though, and he says, side note, Jason, you asked about shows splintering off. Yes, Remember? I do. He says, wouldn't you consider that the Jeffersons split off of All in the Family or the Facts of Life a split off of different strokes? How about Joni Loves Chachi from Happy Days? Also see Family Guy and The Cleveland Show, Columbo and Mrs. Columbo, Buffy and Angel. I believe all of these took main characters and started a new show while they were still airing the original show. See? Excellent. This is what this is the kind of feedback I was looking for. It's obvious stuff that uh, I should have realized already, but obviously didn't. So this is this is awesome. Well, you know, I I haven't actually watched very many episodes of any of the shows he's listed. I have back in the day. I did see a lot of episodes of The Facts of Life and Different Strokes. Right. Um. And you know, over the years, I've seen a bunch of Family Guy. Never really watched the Cleveland Show. No. Never seen a single episode of Columbo or Mrs. Columbo. You're missing out. Columbo is an awesome show. Yeah. Go back and find it somewhere and watch it. Mrs. Columbo, you can probably pass. It stars Captain Janeway from Voyager. Never even Kate, heard Kate of it. Kate Mulgrew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, never never even heard of it. Didn't know. And despite being a uh, Joss Whedon fan, right? Never watched Buffy or Angel. I watched the end of Buffy, but that's just because friend of the show, Dave, loved Buffy. Yeah. And I was uh, I was his roommate at the time, uh-huh. and uh, he would sit in his room, and oh my God, those were good times. He'd be playing World of Warcraft, watching Buffy, and we'd just smoke. <laughs> we'd just go in there and smoke our full friggin' heads off for an entire evening. Those were good times. Those were the days, man. You guys smoked like chimneys, and you oh watched God, TV so like awesome. crazy. <laughs> yeah, watching TV and smoking and playing World of Warcraft. I probably he would. I never played World World War. If I hung around more with you guys, then I probably would have smoked packs of cigarettes secondhand. God damn, I miss smoking. Well, but uh, you also uh, there's also uh, talking about this list of splinter shows. Uh, Mork and Mindy uh, split off of Happy Days. Another one off of Happy Days. Yeah, that split off of Happy Days. Mork was on Happy Days, and they liked it so much that they spun it off into his own show. Oh, swear is, to God. That is weird, man. It is a little weird. <laughs> All right. Well, see, it's happened. So we just needed the info. Uh, thank you, Tom, for clarifying that. Next email comes from Connie in Connecticut. This is a bit longer, but she wants to talk about Chris. And she says, I'm not surprised with Chris's arc at all. 
He was angry and resentful about Madison since before the zombie apocalypse. Everything since then has reinforced his belief that he can't trust his dad because his dad would choose his new family. Here are some of the events relating to Chris. He didn't want to spend the weekend with his dad. That was way back in episode one of season Mm -hmm. uh, one, I think. His mom went with the military to protect Nick, which led to her being bitten and dying. So you remember his mom went to the hospital to help out, right? Yep, yep. Um, She goes on, everyone protecting junkie Nick. Chris was always resentful about that. So everyone is too nice to junkie Nick. (laughs) Um, His dad killed his mom, but Madison, who he obviously dislikes, is still alive. So he's upset about that. Um, And finally, he killed the guy on the plane alone, which was so messed up. And I think this is where his big mental decline began. And he didn't even talk to his dad about this traumatic event. More importantly, he is a child in the zombie apocalypse. How would your child mentally handle all this stuff? Maybe Travis finally realized he had been choosing Madison and the new family all along, and it was about time he chose his son. Damn right. So so does this all add up, though, to Chris being sort of the homicidal maniac that he's turned into? And okay, maybe that's a little strong, homicidal maniac, because he he killed a guy who had his spine broken and was dying anyways. Um, He didn't kill the boy he took hostage. He did point a gun at his dad, but he didn't pull the trigger. So he hasn't (laughs) killed anybody, but he's a bit of a maniac. I stand by that part of the sentence. Well, yeah, uh, you know, when you point a gun at someone but not pull the trigger, it's still real bad. Oh yeah, it's still really bad. Yeah. And and everything he's done has been pretty bad and I'm not I'm still not convinced it's 100% earned is is all I'm saying, right? Yeah, I mean some people have problems, people have gone uh, have messed up families and there's like tons of resentment, but uh, they don't become homicidal maniacs. Uh you know, granted in real life there's not a zombie apocalypse going on and your mother doesn't, you know, turn into a zombie kind of thing and have to be killed. Mm-hmm. Uh so there's that. Yeah. But uh, generally speaking, you know, people's families are generally fucked up. <laughs> Everyone has crazy shit, right? So, yeah. um, you know, I, I do think Connie makes a good point. You know, Chris has been through a lot. He's had to deal with a lot and he is very young. He's a child. He doesn't know how to process all this and he's kind of just handling it in the only way he knows how. Um, but, and again, maybe it's just, maybe it just came on a little too fast for my liking, which was the problem with the last episode. Um, Daniel's storyline culminated too quickly and maybe Chris's did a little bit. Um, although I would say that I think with Chris, there's been a little bit more foreshadowing of, you know, where he was going. So it's not as much of a problem with Chris for me as it was for Daniel. Right. Um, but you know, we'll see. I mean, Chris is definitely still alive on the show, so he's going to be in the second half of the season and maybe they'll flesh him out a little bit more and it'll all feel much more natural then. That'd be cool. Uh, Jennifer on the internet writes, speaking of Madison, does no one else hate Madison? I'm with Chris. That is show Chris. I wish, I wish she had gone down at the church. She's created the issues with both Nick and Chris and treats Travis like her lapdog. She only cares about her own kids. I'm glad Nick and Travis have both left her and that Travis actually let her have it for not supporting him and his son. She deserves to be alone in all this. Wow. This is pretty harsh. (laughs) Is a little harsh. It's not uh, untrue, but it's a little harsh. Yeah, it maybe isn't untrue, but 
I'm sorry. Madison was my favorite part of that last episode. Um, and I think, and, and that's because everything was sort of happening to her and she was sort of unable to control it, but she finally took control and, and did something. And that's what I liked about that episode. Um, but yeah, you know, the zombie apocalypse tears families apart and that's, and, and people too. What it does families and people. Yeah. It tears people right, you know, guts right out yeah. of them. And, and the more I think about it, this show is probably turning out to be about what it really, you know, the central focus is what this does to a family, especially a family that, well, we're supposed to believe was pretty solid before all this happened, right? They may oh, have, they were a mess before this. Well, they may have had their, their shit, but uh, I mean, I guess, I guess they had some problems, but this is... You know, this show is about what this zombie apocalypse is doing to this family more than the the main show, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Dawn in Wisconsin writes, fear is losing me. Three characters going insane over the course of two episodes. First, there's Chris. He has blossomed into a full-on sociopath. Travis always seemed like a weak person, but now he's just enabling Chris. Hopefully this doesn't end well for either of them. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> then there's Daniel. He went from badass to feeble old man way too quickly. I love the character's backstory, even if the historical timeline doesn't match up. El Salvador's Civil War didn't start until 1979, when Daniel would have already been an adult. Regardless, until recently, he was by far my favorite character, trusted to be cool, rational, and effective. My only hope is that he is really not dead. Maybe by burning away his ghosts, he can return to being a badass. And lastly, Nick. Before going on his vision quest, Nick was compelling. Now his actions and motivations aren't plausible. He is bound to return, probably as the Dark Lord of Zombies, leading a legion of walkers with Celia and the Witch Queen at his side. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> now there is a spinoff show. <laughs> yeah, now you're talking. <laughs> right? The Dark Lord of the Zombies with Celia and the Witch Queen. Does he mean Celia is the Witch Queen, or is the Witch Queen and Celia separate characters? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Still awesome. Either way, I'm on board for it. Jason in Baltimore writes, Regarding Nick's rather quick acceptance of Celia's belief that the zombies aren't dead, recall back to season one when Nick was the first person in the group to state that the zombies are dead. When the group was discussing the zombie neighbor in the garden maze, Nick said something to the effect of, She's not sick, she's dead. This further amplifies that it is strange for him to suddenly believe that zombies are not dead when his initial belief was that they are dead well before anyone else in the group figured it out. Well, so like I, I've said it, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Do consistency is the refuge of the weak minded. <laughs> yeah. But you want some consistency on a TV show, Jason. I mean, I know it sometimes takes a while for characters to solidify into well-rounded deep characters, but when you have a guy in season one say, she's not sick, she's dead. And then, you know, in showtime, a week or two later go, they're not dead. They're just on the next phase of evolution. You can, you can change your mind, man. You can just go with the flow and, you know, feel what you want to feel. Mm -hmm. You know, when he first, uh, he first encountered that, he was still pretty high. You know, he was still on drugs. Maybe the, he doesn't believe that anymore because uh, you know now that he's he's clean and sober things are clear well he's obviously the most um 
uh, impressionable person in the world because it just didn't take that long. And and I know Madison said it, but I just feel like he'd probably think about it for a little bit longer than one second. You know? Just, you know, a second and a half. Maybe a second and a half. Maybe two whole seconds. I don't know. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I didn't remember that scene, but it's... Jason is absolutely right. You know, he, Nick is the one who pointed out that they're dead and now suddenly they're not. I think maybe you can chalk it up to him just not understanding anything at the time. The zombie apocalypse was only a few days old and I guess he thought they're dead. Why are they walking around? And like you said, Celia comes in and changes his mind. Yeah. Or it's just a, it's just an answer he likes better. You know, I mean, sometimes you just want to find something that makes you feel better about everything. And people walking around, dead people walking around is much more upsetting than people have moved on to the next stage of life. Right? I don't know. It's all pretty (laughs) freaky. I don't know what's more upsetting or not. It it may come down to what you find upsetting or not. So I don't know. Well, you know, regardless, you know, if, if, imagine if you will, that, uh, the dead ha- aren't rising in their, uh, you know, animating dead court or dead bodies and walking around and turning, seeking human flesh. Just imagine that the bodies aren't there and that the whole world is just inhabited by ghosts of mm-hmm. your loved ones. You can see them. They're just kind of, you know, you generally, it's not an apocalypse. You go about your everyday lives, but all of a sudden all your dead relatives and everybody who's ever died uh, is hanging around still. Right? Yeah. That's still pretty freaky. That's pretty freaky. It's still pretty freaky, so I don't think it matters whether it's, you know, the zombie apocalypse and everything's all screwed up uh, and the dead are walking, but at least you can get into a, an enclave and protect yourself and not have to look at those undead corpses walking around. Uh, you know, that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is everything's normal, but the friggin' planet's full of ghosts all the time. Yeah, that's also <laughs> freaky. Yeah. I, you know... I just, I guess it just comes down to whatever makes you feel better. The the thing that you can't deny, though, is that these undead corpses that are walking around are dangerous. They are. <laughs> they're not just hanging around and, like, you can go about your day-to-day life and they're just there. If that was the case, that'd be weird, but it wouldn't be scary. I mean, as as scary. As scary. Okay, imagine, if you will, that the uh, all the ghosts that uh, inhabit your everyday life mm-hmm. just just mess with you. They do things like hit send on your emails before they're ready to go. Oh, that's bad. That is really bad. <laughs> they're just messing with you. You know, it's it's not particularly evil. It doesn't, you know, completely mess up your life. But we've all written angry emails and they go, man, that's way too bitchy. And then just kind of delete the thing and start over. Right. Imagine if your great grandfather goes, yeah, fuck you. I'm pressing send. <laughs> like, Damn it, grandpa. Again. <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> Just stay away from the keyboard. <laughs> Go sit on the couch like you did when you were alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Complains about all the TV because uh, it's not radio. <laughs> all the time. Radio's amazing, but radio isn't necessarily better than TV. No, it isn't. But it's a, the <laughs> bad part is Grandpa complaining about the television right. all the time. He's like, oh, it's not like it was in my day. We yeah. never had these fancy pictures. Oof. What's this? Color. I don't want to see things in color. I want to see them in black and white. I want, I want people to describe a story to me, not show me this crap. Oh, man. Grandpa, <laughs> I, go somewhere else. So if, if all your dead relatives were hanging around, they'd just be annoying is what you're saying. Well, yeah. 
<laughs> not really necessarily dangerous, but just, you know, fucking with your shit. Right. <laughs> My point is, though, in this universe, Walking Dead, the zombies are dangerous. So it's hard to have a, I would think it would be difficult to take the attitude that they are, you know, they're just there and everything's okay. Because you have to protect yourself from them. Yeah. That's the, that's the paradox of this whole thing. Now I'm thinking I should write a screenplay. Oh, I think maybe you should. That's there's a there's comedy gold in there. There's Although, something there. I, bet, I mean, I bet you it's being done. Well, there was a Ricky Gervais thing where he saw dead people. Oh yeah, with uh, Greg Kinnear. I forget what that was called though. I don't know. I'm not a huge Ricky Gervais fan. Oh, I, I dislike Ricky Gervais. He, I always have. He's done some funny stuff. You cannot deny that he is funny occasionally, but the, when. The stuff of I, the, some of the things I've seen that I don't like of his, I just really don't like. So I didn't like him in Grand Theft Auto when he was uh, there was a television show where he was doing stand up. Or you walked in, you, there was a uh, a comedy club mm-hmm. that you could go into, and Ricky Gervais would come on and do some stand up comedy. I disliked that. Okay, well, no, I've and seen it was GTA. I've seen some things of his that I that I've enjoyed, but not all of it. Anyways, um, let's move on. Amanda in Cary, North Carolina, writes, Regarding the owl looking at Nick, it represents God watching, and now it represents God watching, and now Nick believes with his flashback that he was the cause of the apocalypse. With so many people saying he is special, who could think otherwise? He's a delusional ex-drug addict. He thinks he is chosen since his friend did not make it out of the church, and he was the very first to recognize the problem. So Amanda is linking that flashback that we saw um, to Nick's sort of quick change into his current mindset. And I think that's a really good point because what else was the point of that flashback, really? It was it was just sort of there to remind us that Nick was first in all this. I mean, it, it, it must be, it must mean something. And I think Amanda is, you know, smart to pick up on the fact that it likely relates to his quick switch over to Celia's mindset. Right. You know, whether he really thinks he's the cause of the apocalypse, um, you know, I don't know about that, but with all these people saying he's special, like Amanda says, he might just be a little high on himself or delusional and thinking he knows best about everything. Well, yeah, if he's delusional. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which I think he is. I think we've established that at least. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um, okay. Next one. Hop in Durango, Colorado. Regarding whether you have been too easy on Fear the Walking Dead, ask yourself these questions. If the show had come before the original, would you still be watching and talking about it six years from now? Two, if one of these two shows had to be canceled, which one would you pick? Personally, I think the original show had a stronger first 1.5 seasons, but if this show had shown up six years ago, I would have watched it. Maybe I'm just too invested, but I'd rather watch the original. Hmm. So Jason, if you had to cancel one of these shows, which one would you cancel? Well, I cancel this one. Me too. And that's not because, um, well, I don't know why that is. Well, I'm just, I, I'm so invested in the, in the original with the walking dead that, uh, it, it's hard to take an outside opinion. I'm not just a spectator, right? Right. So that's how uh, I feel too. It's yeah. it, it's we're so invested in the main show that you you just want to see it through to the end. Yeah, and that sounds like I don't like it. I do like it. I think it's really good, and I love watching it and talking about it. But 
Um, what if you just think about the first season and a half or two seasons of Walking Dead, if you can, I'm not sure you can even do that, and compare it to the first two seasons of Fear? Well, the mid-season finale of the second season yep. was Sophia coming out of the barn. Still the single greatest moment in the original show. Like, holy shit, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So that compared to the mid-season finale of this second season, it's got nothing on the original show. Yeah, it's you're very. I mean, true. we we invested a lot in those uh, those first bunch of episodes with Sophia gone missing because it kind of lagged there a little bit. It's like, what's going on? Did they forget about her? Uh, you know, uh, where is she? What's what's happening? Uh, I I seem to remember it kind of lagging a little bit and uh, uh, us not having the faith in the show that uh, we would give it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, that payoff of Sophia coming out of the barn, like, holy crap. They stuck that, the landing. They stuck the landing. In, uh, this mid-season finale, they did not stick the landing. No, no, they didn't. Um, you're right. A lot of people were a little disillusioned with the first half of season two because it was slow and they felt like, well, all we're seeing is them standing around making plans and searching for a girl. Who cares? Um, but they were doing it for a reason and it really, really worked out. That's not the case here. So yeah, if I had to choose one to be canceled, even based on those things, um, I would choose this one. But at the same time, we, we have since season two, we have four years of perspective and you can't ignore that when you're trying to consider these two shows. So it's really, really difficult to say. Um, but I'm still pretty happy with fear um, the second half or sorry, the first half of season two of fear. I do think overall it was quite good and whether they stuck the landing or not, you know, they, they didn't, but that, and that's a bit of a bummer, but, uh, that doesn't take away from the fact that I do think it was a good first half to this season. So, you know, it's, uh, I don't want them to cancel either one at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't cancel anything. Not yet. Just let them run out and, uh, finish them, finish them properly. Okay, we have one more message here, Jason. And I've got to apologize to you because this contains some comic spoilers and it contains some comic spoilers for something you haven't read yet. That's fine. I'm uh I'm here. I know uh I I know what the stakes are. All right. I'm uh, I'm okay with spoilers. You have read up to issue number 100. This happens after that in the comic. I am okay. pretty much up to date. I might have may have missed the last one or two, but I'll get to those soon. So this comes from Shenandoah on Facebook, a long-time listener of ours uh, who who we haven't heard from uh, too much lately, but she's been around for a long time. And I want to warn everyone again. She makes a prediction here for the season, uh, for the future of Fear the Walking Dead, and in some ways the future of The Walking Dead as well, the main show. So what we have here is she refers to something in the comics that – is definitely a spoiler about the comics. Right. Um, But in terms of the TV shows, it's just speculation. This has not happened on either TV show yet, but I do expect it to happen on the main show. Okay. So with all that out of the way, if you're not interested in hearing this, uh, jump ahead now and we'll talk about Preacher season one, episode one in, uh, in a little bit, but um, here we go. So, Spoiler warning for the comic and sort of the TV show. Shenandoah writes, my prediction, 
Nick starts the new group Rick is currently against called the Whisperers. So I guess I don't really need to go into too much detail on what the Whisperers do, although it might help you, Jason, to sort of figure out what this all means. Sorry, read that again. That uh, it didn't make a lot of sense okay. to me, so, so try it again. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll paraphrase here. In, which means I'll make it longer for clarity. Okay. <laughs> so Shenandoah writes, my prediction is that Nick from Fear the Walking Dead yeah. will go on to begin the new group that Rick is currently battling against in the comics called the Whisperers. The Whisperers. Yes. All right. <laughs> so just a little bit of information here about the Whisperers. Um, in the comic, Rick and the gang uh, encounter a group called the Whisperers who have been wearing the faces of zombies. So they peel the skin off of, of dead people and put them over their own faces. And that's kind of like their version of the gormiflage. They then right. walk around amongst the zombies wearing like masks, basically zombie masks. Cool. Yeah. And it's, well, I won't talk about it more about how it's introduced in the comic, but I'm actually really enjoying this section of the comic now. I'm I'm back into it again because I think this was a really cool idea. <clears throat> but the reason I want to bring this up is because Shenandoah predicts that Nick goes and starts the Whisperers, basically. So here's what I started thinking about when she wrote this to me. How cool would it be, Jason? <laughs> how cool would it be if Nick shows up on the main show in the future, because they're a couple of years ahead and Rick and everybody is dealing with the whisperers with Nick as their founder or like original creator. But he also is on fear the walking dead sort of like in the past. And we see how he comes to that point on the main show. And this is kind of your crossover between fear and walking dead. I think in a word, that would be freaking awesome. Having, yeah, knowing nothing about really the whispers or what they do or what that's all about. I think it would, from your perspective, I mean, I think, I think that would be awesome. Really cool. It would be, it would be excellent. It would, I, I would really like that idea. I like that idea so much that it makes me sad that it probably won't happen. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> but I like it. it, it you know, it, it comes to Shenandoah because, you know, Nick wears the fucking zombie blood all over his face so much, right? He like, loves it. He loves it's like it. any chance he gets, he reaches into the bowels of whatever dead person is lying around and just covers himself all over it. Smears himself all over with the stuff. So That's not creepy at all. No. So the next logical step is peel their skin off, their face skin off, and just put it over his head, right? Well, yeah, it just, just makes perfect sense. Right? So we're going to have, like, you could have the same character on both shows, just in different time frames. On one show, you're seeing where, how he gets to where he is on the other show. It's like you get his backstory on a different show. It would be yeah. so great. It would be so great. So Walking Dead people, Kirkman, Erickson, Scott Gimple, if you're listening. Galen Hurd, make this happen. Do that. Do that. I think it would be really, really cool. And just because we thought of it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. I mean, we as in the audience, as in uh, the uh, the viewers of the show, <laughs> right? Doesn't mean that you have to comp reject it outright. No, it doesn't mean think about it. It doesn't mean it's a good thing. But think about it. It could be really cool. I personally think it would be a really cool way to have an actual crossover. Right? Yeah, I, I think so too. I think we should get in contact with uh, with Gail and Hurd and say you got to do this somehow. Let's somehow get in contact with that, in contact with her. I think we should uh, work our way through James Cameron. 
<laughs> I think we should first get in touch with James Cameron and have her bring it to her because I think that's probably our best bet. Let's write a letter to James Cameron and say we're big fans of The Abyss. <laughs> we are. I it's, it's one of my go-to movies for uh, – I love that movie. Me too. Love I've it. watched it like 60, 70 times. That's a lot, man. It really is. We I had uh, a roommate – that uh, had it on Laserdisc, like the original big stupid Laserdisc that you had to flip it over halfway through. Oh, friggin' awesome. We are so old. <laughs> <laughs> Laserdiscs were the best. Yeah, yeah, they were the best. Because <laughs> at the time, they were the only vid- mov- movies you could watch that were actually letterboxed. Remember transfers uh-huh. to VHS? Everything was pan and scan and oh. uh, f- uh, not letterboxed. Terrible. And then Laserdiscs were letterboxed. Like, oh my God, it's like going to a movie. <laughs> it still was standard def, but it was at least letterboxed. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it was at least yeah. widescreen. All right. Anyways, thank you, Shenandoah, for that idea. It is an amazing one, and uh, we can only hope that it happens. All right. That's, that's going to be it for Walking Dead talk this episode. So I understand, people, you might not be interested in what we're going to do next. If you are going to jump off the podcast now, that's totally cool. We'll be back in a week or two with more Walking Dead, probably do some news, things like that. Um, but thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. So I want to just talk about Preacher here a little bit. And the only reason I thought it would be fun to talk about this is it's a new show. It's on AMC. It premiered right after Fear wrapped up last week. Um, And I do realize there has been a second episode now, I guess, broadcast last night. But I haven't seen the second one yet. I've only seen the first one. And uh, I don't know about you. Have you watched the second one? I have not watched the second one. This is the first time hearing that the second one has aired. Well, I assume it did. I mean, they started it. I would, why wouldn't the second one be on the next, the following Sunday? TV's weird, man. They do weird things sometimes. Well, sometimes, yeah. But uh, anyways, we've we've seen the first one, and uh, this is another show based on a graphic novel. AMC enjoys doing that. Well, everyone enjoys doing that these days. Um, and I just thought it would be fun to talk about because I saw before it aired, I saw the opening like four minutes, the opening scene. I saw some clips. They were advertising it heavily during walking dead. So, um, you know, I feel like they were targeting it at the same kind of audience and so on. And, uh, and, and then, then it aired and it is weird, but here's the, uh, (laughs) here's weird. Here's the description from AMC. Jesse struggles to escape a past that is slowly catching up on him. A mysterious entity comes to earth, leaving a wave of destruction in its wake. Yes. (laughs) So that's weird. Sounds weird for sure. (laughs) Um, And just so we can, you know, be consistent. Season one, episode one of Preacher had 2.38 million viewers. Awesome. Not too bad for a, a brand new show, you know, with, with no, audience other than uh i guess the the uh comic readers or the graphic novel readers so preacher's weird but i made no notes but i just wanted to talk about it a bit what did you think of this show ah i watched it twice really i watched it yes i watched it yesterday you don't even Uh, watch walking dead twice most of the time well i don't have uh, the opportunity to (laughs) i was on vacation until this morning oh yeah that's right you had lots of time for tv yeah, and uh, Jenny was. Uh, we tried watch, started watching it uh, together, and then uh, once well, wait, <laughs> once the, and something happens at the beginning, and she was oh, upset okay. about it. Yes, once something happened at the beginning, she said, "I'm out," and then we stopped it. And so, and then she was having a nap yesterday afternoon, and I didn't feel like having a nap, so I I watched Preacher. Should we spoil and, it? Maybe I don't we, know. Maybe we should spoil it. 
I, I forget what my point is now. Sorry. <laughs> no, but what was the question you asked me? Sorry, I don't mean to de- derail it. I don't know if we should spoil it or not. But I was just asking you, what did you think of it? And you watched it twice, and <laughs> it's weird. It is weird. It's kind of a cross between a Quentin Tarantino uh, movie, and there was aspects of uh, The Kingsman uh, in it. Yeah. Uh, there was, uh, it kind of had a campiness to it, similar to, uh, Evil Dead 2 or the Evil Dead television show. Uh huh. There was, uh, it kind of was a mixture of all of those things. And I really kind of liked it. <laughs> yeah. I liked it too, but it, but I went in knowing very little about it. I knew absolutely nothing I, the, until. This podcast, until we're talking, I didn't know it was a comic. I didn't know it was based on a comic. Right, right. You never told me that. I never researched anything. I just, you said, hey, check out this show, Preacher. It's free on iTunes. The pilot is free on iTunes. I'm like, okay, click, click, click. Let's watch it. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, I think this show is super interesting. I, I must admit, I felt like the pilot took a little while to get going. Although they-, they Not me. They, I was in. As soon as I said outer space and it had this weird kind of 50s stylized uh, planets and this thing flying through, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, but then it it drops down into kind of a Western sort of, it starts off in Africa, but then we move to Texas. And, you know, there's- it's a little bit Western. It's a little bit science fiction. It's a little bit supernatural. Yeah. And it's a little bit, a lot of other things too. It, it is. It's a little, it, and the, uh, the title cards for where they are, I thought was really, really cool. I like that idea. And, and well, I did like them too, but I, I also, it struck me that they're just, they were, there was no consistency. Like sometimes it was like exactly where you were outer space. Other yeah. times it was sometime in the past. Right. It was very a little while ago, a little while ago. Exactly. <laughs> it was vague and stuff. Um, but there was some there was some really fun action in, in this TV show. There's the there's the fight in the car, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, there's a fight in a bar later on in the episode, which I also thought was amazing. It was pretty cool. And there's a fight on an airplane. The fight on the plane. I thought was most excellent. All of a sudden, there's like they're on this plane. For some reason, <laughs> these people are on a plane. That's all we know. Doing something, just having Doing a good something, time. Doing something, having a good time. And all of a sudden, a fight breaks out for reasons we don't quite understand. And then the next thing you know, there's a crossbow, there's a battle axe, <laughs> there's a sword, That's and right. a guy's, the guy's fighting with a golf club. And the golf club was like awesome because he kept hitting uh, beer cans at one guy with the golf club. Right. And it was it was awesome. It's just that everybody pulled out these medieval weapons on a plane for some reason. <laughs> exactly. First of all, what are they doing there? And B, like you don't even notice them. Like they're probably there in, in the shots, right? But you don't pick up on it until these guys start kicking ass and then the weapons are, are there. <laughs> There's a couple of swings and then this guy picks up a crossbow and is like, what? Right. And so you can think, okay. A bunch of guys on a plane. There's a lot of cocaine. There's a lot of drugs and drinking going on. You think these guys are there for a good time, I guess. Um, but, you know, maybe they're not. Maybe they're into some bad stuff and who knows, you know, they're, they're, something's going on here, right? But then when the fight ends, we switch back over into the supernatural a little bit. And that's what I thought, what I thought was so great about this show. You have perfectly, well... You have James Bond scenario on a plane where there's this ridiculous fight and everyone's using these weapons and stuff like that. Yeah. 
And then it switches over into something completely different, just out of the blue. Right. Yes. Um, and you know, okay. I'll say one of the guys jumps out of the plane, but even before <laughs> that happens, he does something that's like, what, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm just sitting there going, this is so weird and so bizarre, but you kind of can't take your eyes off of it a little bit. So and the fight was really good. Like it was well choreographed. Yeah. I think that was the best fight scene in, in the, in the episode. Well, it was, it's, like, it's why I left it to last on my list of fight scenes. Cause it was the yeah. best one. <laughs> yeah. And it the choreography of that fight scene was, uh, was actually, it was even better than the one in the car. And the one in the car was, was amazing. Was really good. Even that was, I think the one in the car kind of rivaled the one in the car in Deadpool. Like that fight scene in the car in Deadpool was excellent. And this yep. one I think was on par with that. It, it, maybe it was. I mean, the Deadpool one was played for comedy. This one wasn't played for comedy. Um, but the shots of like the car, you know, they're fighting in the car while the, while it's driving out of control through a cornfield. Yes. And, and like the overhead shot of the car winding its way through the cornfield was amazing. I love shots like that. Yeah. That was really good. Um, so so yeah this the show preacher season one i mean episode one was all over the place but it all came together and kind of worked out it it sort of came together i'm still confused to put a few things and i've seen it twice now like i don't quite understand what's going on no but you'll you'll find out or 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 do you feel like there are things in this episode that you should that should have been more clear i'm not sure yet like there's yeah. like there's there's really like large aspects to the show. It's just like uh, I don't understand, <laughs> yeah, like what's going on, uh, and I don't want to spoil anything. But uh, the ending is a bit unclear to me. Um, like what happens? Yeah, there? like why that happens, and is the character that it happens to, uh, is he okay? Yeah. Yeah, I, I well, know. we're going to find out. I mean, you yeah. I have a feeling you're going to watch episode 2. Uh, yeah, I'm on I'm all in. I'm like uh Me too. Yeah, I'm in. I I didn't like I liked it more the first time I saw it than the second time, mm-hmm. but I still uh the fight scenes uh really brought it home to me. And that's what reminded me of uh was it Kin- Kingsman or Kinsman? Kingsman. Kingsman. Yes. The uh there was one fight scene scene in that movie that was just mind-blowing. Right. And these felt like that. They did. They weren't quite as good as that. I mean, that, no, they weren't. That had big movie Hollywood budget behind it, and they really, really did a thing with that, right? But you're right. These these fights were inspired by that, I think, and and nearly as good. Now, Preacher is done by uh, um, Rogan, Seth Rogan, and what's his partner's name? Evan Goldberg, I think. Oh yeah. So I don't know if you realize that, but they directed this. They're the creators and showrunners on this show. Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg. These guys did movies like Pineapple Express and This Is the End, um, which are you know arguably kind of weird movies, but definitely comedies, right? Pineapple Express, especially. Uh, I didn't love yeah. that movie. Um, I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was okay, but I didn't. I didn't love it, and. I'm not always a huge fan of Seth Rogen's comedy. Um, I'm not either. I, I'm I'm a fan of him in comedies, like him in um, uh, the Virgin. No, not the Virgin. Uh, Knocked up. Knocked up. He, he like I think Knocked up is a pretty good movie, and he's really good in it. Um, God, I don't like it when he plays a stoner. Or James Franco. I don't like it. The Pineapple Express was, you know, yeah. really just them being stoners. Right. But, you know, they uh, they kind of 
uh, some a lot of times they'll play just this stoner character. Mm-hmm. Each of them will play stoner characters, and I I don't like that. I feel like it's just them being themselves a little bit. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a little it's a little much. It's like yeah, you know, it seems a little uh, self-aggrandizing. Yeah. Uh, you know. A comedy masturbation kind of thing, but Preacher doesn't feel like that. Preacher no, is is it has some funny bits, you know. It's definitely got some comedy, but it's not a comedy. I wouldn't say, um, but I but I've already gone into how it's a little bit of everything. So, but it but it does feel like something a bit different for these guys. So so far so good, and uh, and I look forward to to more of it. It's got one of the things that I like most in comedies: guy with an Irish accent and act, acting wacky. <laughs> I do love Irish comedies. <laughs> the Commitments yeah. is a fantastic movie. Oh, Commitments is a... F- I should watch that again. I haven't seen that in a long time. I've seen it a bunch. It's it's a great movie. Uh, and Moon Boy is one of my favorite Irish TV shows of all time. Yes. Yeah. Um, What's his name? Uh, The guy from IT Crowd and Moon Boy. Yeah, IT Crowd. Uh, what's his... Uh, I, we, Jenny and I put on IT Crowd when we need a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. We're just we're watching some kind of procedural drama and we just need a break or something. <laughs> we'll throw on an episode of IT Crowd. We've seen all the episodes like four or five times and we're still like laughing out loud at, uh, at what goes on. It's such a good show. Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd. I prefer Moon Boy, personally. Um... But uh, over IT Crowd, but I haven't seen all of IT Crowd. Anyways, we sort of digress. But yes, funny Irish guys. Check yes. this show has it exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know that character. That character is amazing on this. It show. It really is. Um, I can't wait to see sort of what where he goes and how he fits into all of this. Um, and uh, it's really good. And the dude who plays Jesse, uh, God, whose name I I don't remember right now, but he's really cool too. And and when I was sitting there watching this with my wife, the first thing she said is, "Wow, that guy has really cool hair." Dominic Cooper. <laughs> Dominic Cooper. I, I didn't recognize him from anything, but he's been around apparently. Um, she said he has really cool hair, and then she says to me, "Do you think you could grow hair like that?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Great, thanks." Great, thanks, Dominic Cooper. <laughs> yeah. So my wife has a uh, has a picture of uh, Jamie from Outlander. Yeah. Uh, as her phone background with his shirt off. Of course. And he's got this, you know, washboard stomach, and she's like, "Yeah, wonderful." And did she say, "Why can't you have a stomach like that?" No, no. She said, uh, "I hope you're not uh, uncomfortable with me having this as my <laughs> my phone uh, desktop." And I'm like, "No, it's fine." No, it's fine because you have Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique on yours, right? No, mine's just slate gray. I don't have a picture. It's just gray. So boring, are you? Yeah, I love it. It's it's classic. <laughs> it's classic. Actually, it's Tom Cruise. Everybody, <laughs> it's not Tom Cruise. Oh, Tom Cruise died in this show. Oh yeah, he it was did. on the news. They said Tom Cruise exploded. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Make that make that of what you will or whatever, you know, it's Tom yeah. Cruise. They don't show it. They just mention it. Yeah, they just news. mention it. But it's key. It is. Okay. Uh, so that's Preacher. I think it's safe to say we both recommend it. We're not going to cover it, you know, regularly on the podcast here. But it was fun to watch and it was kind of fun to talk about a little bit too. Yeah. So uh, if you're a fan of Walking Dead, I could see you being into this. But there's, there's uh, way more nods to different genres in here i'd say so check it out all right man that's going to do it for number 271 so uh back to the original point of this whole thing and that's the vote for us in the podcast awards yes please (laughs) um podcastawards.com 
choose us in the TV and film category, vote every day, and make sure that you click on the links in the con um, confirmation emails that you get because that is what makes your vote count. Uh, like we said, we just thank everyone so much for listening. And if you can take a couple of seconds every day to vote for us, it would really, really mean a lot. So um, we thank everyone that does. And uh, yeah. Um, okay. So what are we going to do next? Uh, we do have our Walking Dead season six wrap up crossover coming up with Jason and Karen from the Walking Dead cast. We're going to be recording that soon and we'll get it out to you as soon as it's ready. So look, keep your eyes on the feed for that. Um, just in case anyone's unclear, what we do is we sort of record a an episode half on their show and half on our show talking about the whole season, the whole most recent season of the walking dead. So uh, you can get a little bit of them on our show and a little bit of us on their show. And it's always fun to do. So watch out for that. Um, we're also going to play the Michonne telltale game. Talk about that. And uh, you know, as the summer goes on, get caught up on walking dead news and all the other things we do, maybe smack your spotlights, things like that. So should be a good time. Um, we will be back next week or maybe the week after that. Um, until then, though, if you want to get in touch with us, you can visit TalkingDeadPodcast.com, click on Send Voicemail to record a message right into your computer or phone, which will get emailed to us. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheTalkingDead. And if you ever happen to forget how to vote for us in the podcast awards, just go to our Facebook page and all the information is right there, right at the top. Just call Chris on his uh, personal line. He'll walk you through it. <laughs> it's just... Numbers uh, 416-555-1234. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'll just hold your hand as you as you do it, right? There yeah, he'll just there. walk you through it. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be just fine. Um What's the last thing? Email. You can email us, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye.